Everything. He's ready to go now, Mickey Gaddon. Good morning to you, Mickey. Good morning, G. How are you? I'm very well. It's an exciting day. Group 1 Racing has arrived. It's a beauty, that Wink Stakes. And we're getting an improving track there at Ramwick. And it's going to be interesting to see how this track does play. But it should be drying out. And I think it should give every horse an opportunity to perform at their best. Yeah, it looks a cracking day of racing. The sun's shining, the breeze is up and about in Sydney, mate. So you're going to be on a soft seven, but I think it'll improve to a soft six by the time we get to the wing stakes. And uh, in regards to how the track will play, I suggest off rails, lanes three to 10 will be the ideal place. And if you're looking for a bit of an advantage, their punters, middle draws, and those who can sit in the running line will be absolutely perfect, G. It's one of these days, how to describe it to the, your mates at the pub and racing fans out there what this day is, it's a, like, it's a day that like you jump out of bed, don't you, with the spring in your step and you think, geez, I can't wait really to watch these horses go around because the majority of these gallopers are first up and most of these horses are uh, the superstars of the sport because there's a group one, the Wink Stakes, of course, in in Sydney and you've got the PB Lawrence with Mr. Brightside going around and then you get these three-year-old contests. But it's a, you sort of really got to hold yourself back in a way because – you learn you learn more on these type of days and I think that sometimes it's if you're investing, you you you've really got to make sure you invest carefully because um there's so many different unknowns on a day like this. Can be tricky, G. Can yep. be tricky. It's real like the round one in the NRL or the AFL, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's yep. pumped, excited, the big the guns are back, but they're nowhere near their peak. What do we do? Do you back the runners that have been up through the winter and that are performing, or do you back the uh, the group runners that are returning? I think there are a few edges today. I think Randwick can probably get a, a few better edges than you will at Caulfield, uh, but very, very keen to get stuck in. And there's different profiles for different horses. I think, for instance, like an extremely lucky. Now, he's first up over 1,200 metres, and he's got probably on a soft track, I think he'll handle the soft track, but first up 1,200 metres on a soft track, I still fitness-wise, it's a little concerning for mine, especially with that setback last week. But he really needs to put his best hoof forward nice and early in his campaign if he wants to put his hand up for an Everest slot. So there's always different fascinations at these race meetings. So looking forward to seeing what unfolds. And even some of the three-year-olds, like a cylinder or a little bros, would want to put their hand up nice and early for a slot in at the Everest, just at Caulfield, rail out nine metres, we're on a good four. I think that's what we'll be racing on throughout the day. They'll come off the fence towards the back end, I think, of that meeting. But nine metres out, I think it's still an advantage to be on pace in the first four or five there as we swing for home there at the Heath. Yeah, I keep hearing the same thing, G. You're going to be um, in the running line on pace will be an advantage there. And I think the shoot races will be relatively even though. Let's take a look at some of the feature races to kick off proceedings at Royal Randwick today. Do you want to get stuck into the, the, the feature event here, the Wink Stakes, Mickey Gannon, which is race eight, and just having a look at the market with Picklebet. This is a great story. Think it over. Saw a social media picture from Kerry Parker today that his staff have got the colours out, the ironing board is out. We haven't seen him at the races since that magical performance, historic heroic performance, you could say, in that Queen Elizabeth of April 2022. And he had that tendon injury after that. But we see him return today. He's at $12 with Pickle Bet. Zaki continues to be well supported. So they're backing a nine-year-old against this field to win at 390. And they keep on coming for him at Pickle Bet. Mawanga's at 15. Francesca Guardi at $91. Communist at 34. The Ramwick Guineas champ. Golden Mile at 13. 
Ozapenko at 20 to 1. Linda Mann has been heavily supported as well. Into $9.50 now. Then we've got Major Bill at $23. The Derby winner, Juaz at 40 to 1. Monophilia's been trolling like a, a good horse does. She's at 20 to 1. First up for Chris Waller today. Fangirl's been easy in the market at $6. Princess Grace, inside gate, the former American mayor at $13. Could this be Hinge's day? At $15 with a bit of uh, given the ground. And she gets a lovely gate too for McAvoy. And then the JJ Atkins winner, King Colorado. They haven't missed this three-year-old. He's into $10 as well. How do you see the wink stakes, especially after final scratchings? You've had a look at the market now. Mickey Gannon, how do you read this contest? Yeah, well, in regards to the market, Jackie's been heavily, heavily supported since 9 o'clock. So 13 minutes of betting has been smashed. $4.40 into $3.70. Fangirl definitely on the drift. I can see while Hinge, as you said, been very well supported and Lindemann as well. I, I think it's Zaki's race to lose. I think Zaki has one big more Group One race left in him, and I think this is it. First up, Jamie Carr aboard, rolls forward. It's interesting to see the market's gone for runners that are going to be sitting uh, on pace here as well, G. So it could be a bit of a push as to how the uh, how the track's going to play today on speed off rail. I've got Zaki on top. I think Hinge is probably the next. Um, biggest threat now with the conditions and the way it's gone yeah. around. Golden, Golden Miles are probably the forgotten runner. I think they've really sort of let that drift. It, it could get out to sort of $15, $16 and become a, a really good sort of uh, place bet there. You get around 4 or $5 there. And I think Lindemann, interesting, barrier AD, they have to push the button from there. But the 1,400 metres is very different to the 1,600 metre start. It's obviously 200 metres less to the first turn. But you've just got to be a little bit sharper there than what you do over the mile. So I do have grave concerns as to Lindemann where it's going to get uh, from Barry 18. But uh, for mine, Zaki on top G, nine-year-old. You did give me some high work yesterday and you said, you know, who was the last nine-year-old to win a Group 1? And quite frankly, I couldn't care less. I'm backing it and I hope it wins. Well, you should care less because I went back through the record books with the help of our great mate, Dean Watley. <laughs> And Dino, yeah. so I think he was out for dinner, but he just loves this. He said to the missus, sorry, I've got to go and Google this or go and look through all of my my data to find the last nine-year-old to win a yep. Group 1. In fact, I might ask that question to our listeners, and I'm going to give a terrific prize away. Signet Boost Power Bank. Who was the last nine-year-old to win a Group 1? And he was one of the favourite sons of a major racing empire. So what was the, in, this is in Australia, mind you, forget about anywhere else in the world. In Australia, when was the last time a nine-year-old won a group one? For mine, I can't have Zaki at that price because of his age. I know that, and I don't think he's performed, I think he's been so inconsistent with his performances the last season. And I know he's performed well under these conditions before, but $3.90 and Jamie Carr is a champion of the sport. We all know that. And she'll have a few rides before Zaki in that wing stakes. But she is first up from a long break herself, coming off that serious hair, serious fall which she, when she suffered that serious head injury. So um, I wish her the very best and the sport needs I've her. Got a but that, I think that has, to be a, that has to be a question mark, doesn't it? Jamie Carr coming well, back for her first meeting. It's like any elite sportsman making their, their long-awaited return, especially after a nasty injury that she suffered. I tell you what, well, Jamie Carr is three from thirty-three at Randwick, so that's a big concern in itself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think motivation and determination and a long layoff will do her the world of good, and she will be ready to roll. G, I have no I can, doubt. About I can it. understand that, Mickey Gannon, but you're an elite athlete as well. Back in the day, playing golf, and I know it's a bit, a little bit different 
compared to riding a horse. But if you've had a long time off the the, the scene, as we all know that she's got such a determination and she's such a competitor, Jamie Carr, and we love that about her. But still, and trials are one thing, but still going to the races, it's getting horses out of the gate, getting them to travel, which she does so well, but then pushing the button at the right time, having that timing, um, yeah. thinking that, that it, split second thinking that you, you need to be right on the game when you're competing against the world-class hoops that she'll be competing against this afternoon. So um, she is a superstar, but this is a big, big challenge for any athlete to do what she's trying to do today. It's intriguing, and it adds to the narrative of the day. It but does. I think she is one of the elite athletes in the game, and I think she, if anyone's going to handle it, she could be the one, Jeff. 100%. Do you know what? We've got a little bit of a problem coming up here. There's a few names coming through on the text line, 0499736736. <laughs> Watling's family. No, they're not Watling's family, but there's a few with some different answers that I might have to go and check unless Dino's oh, just, yeah. don't tell me you're stuffed up. I'll double check that, but keep them coming in. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. The speed map here, it's a it's a fascinating race regarding the speed map. Chris Waller's got half the field, and it was great to listen to Chris Waller on Sky Sports Radio this morning with Lukey Marlow and also Ronnie Duffersey, and he went through his runners there. And Linda Men's definitely going forward. In Chris said, I hate I hate my horses going forward at the best of times, especially first up. But this horse has got no other option really. So he has to go first up um, and he has to, he has to go forward first up here. So he'll be, and he's been heavily supported today. I would imagine that would be from some of the bigger players because they've got Huey Bowman, Chris Waller, first up record's pretty good. He's a proven group one performer, especially as a three-year-old and he's owned by the competers family. Of course, they had that wonderful association with Winks. And it'll be interesting to see how he does go, but it's understandable the money coming for him now. It's like I don't, th- I think he gets over pretty easily for mine. Well, to be frank, if he doesn't come over, Fangirl's got none. So, from a stable perspective, you've got to have something injecting the speed into the race. So, yeah, you, you got you're probably on the money there. He'll roll over. Um, how easy is it? Depends on how easy Jamie Carr and uh, Nash Rulo want to make it for um, Lindemann because they're both going to roll forward. Other than that. What do you do? Golden Mile push forward? Well, yeah, I've got him box seeding Golden Mile like he did the other yeah. day. There's a real lack of speed here. Hinge will push forward a little bit, but I just can't see them going breakneck speed. It's just going to be moderate tempo. Okay, so let's say Lindemann crosses. Zaki sits OSL, outside leader. Absolutely perfect, G. Yeah. So I don't think the speed would be overly strong, will it? So what do you do? So you're backing from a staking plan point of view. You're all over Zaki because do you have him leading? I got Zaki sitting outside leader. I'm hoping something okay. pushes up, and I think Jamie will just sit off rails because yeah. I'm very much hoping yeah, that's where we need to be. Uh, if not, she might just let uh, think it over and Nash push forward. But either way, she won't, she shouldn't be flying the rails. Okay then. So you're playing say Zaki and then saving on hinge. It sounds like. Yeah, I think that's the play, mate. I, I'm, I'm probably look. It's just it's just one race on a card full of chances. I think I'm just going to play. I've already played Zaki. I'm happy to stick with Zaki, and uh, we'll just leave Hinge there if you want to play wider exotics. Okay, what we've learnt this week, especially on Giddy Up throughout the morning, um, I want to play you a grab from Annabelle Nation. First of all, this is what she had to say about her old boy, the nine-year-old Zaki that goes around in the Group One Wink Stakes. Yeah, he's he's a very useful horse. Um, you know, for He's always been very easy to read. 
you know, obviously it was well documented that he wasn't quite right at the start of autumn last year, so we had to abort plans. Um, but other than that, you know, he's been he's always been a very bubbly horse, and he's certainly no different this preparation. Of he's the same now as he was this time last year and this time two years ago. So I think he's a he's a big chance, but he's too short for mine, and I'm taking on because of his age, which is. Um, I know you're not, I think you're confident, Mickey, that he can overcome that age barrier, but uh, it'd be fascinating to see how he goes. There'd be some training performance as well by Annabelle Nisham. I like the stable mate, Mawanga. Um, hopefully he gets the right cart up into the race, three wide with cover. And if you're predicting the track to play like it is today, he's proven that he can sprint first up. He's already a wink stakes winner, this horse Mawanga. And this is what Annabelle Nisham had to say about him. Yeah, he's now a six-year-old. He's, Physically looks the best we've ever had him. He's just continued to mature as you as you'd expect anyway. But um, yeah, he's still got that wonderful temperament. But uh, I just feel like he's, if it's even possible, I do feel like there's more improvement that's that's um, going to come with him this campaign. So yeah, that's a good enough push for mine with Moanga. And Annabelle says she believes that she could win a couple more Group Ones with uh, Moanga. So. He's been knocking on the door for a little while to win another Group 1, this Galloper, and they kept him in training, the son of Savabil, instead of sending him to stud. So he's another interesting runner, but there's a few horses that can win this year's Wink Stakes. 0499736736. I'll have that, the winner of the question I asked at the start of the show. When was the last nine-year-old to win a Group 1 in this country? And that's exactly what Zaki's trying to do this afternoon. Holmesman down the outside with Blackheart Bart running on then Hartnell. It's Gatting just with Galo Shop. Blackheart Bart and Holmesman at the 150. Blackheart Bart just in front of Holmesman. Previous winners fight it out. Blackheart Bart turns back the clock. What a marvel. Blackheart Bart's beaten Holmesman. Galo Shop or Hartnell. He was Follow a superstar. The horse that was purchased in WA, Blackheart Bart. He was owned by a group of fishermen basically there at Geraldton in WA. He had retired and then He'd come back under the care of Lindsay Smith. And as a nine-year-old in 2019, he won the Underwood Stakes. He was a champ. He had a mighty heart, Blackheart Bart. And uh, he never let his owners or his followers down every time he stepped out onto that racetrack. He was a mighty warrior. And he was the last nine-year-old to win a Group 1 in this country. Hartnell won a, a Group 1, the Doncaster, in 2018. And what a star he was for Godolphin. So when I was going through the recent winners of our group ones, and I blame Dean Watling for this, I thought it was Hartnell, but our <laughs> listeners know better than all of us. And Blackheart Bart, you're correct. He was the last horse to win a group one as a nine-year-old. And Hartnell won a group one as a nine-year-old back in 18. And it was the group one Epsom, Mickey Gannon. Two superstars of there the you turf. Go. Well, I'm even more, I'm even more confident now, G, because Zaki's better than both of them. And, uh, yeah, it's only five years ago, so perfect. Send in, oh, your, good. Yep, send in your text messages. You might have a question for us this morning, 0499736736. And this is Winners, brought to you by Picklebet and also Kilmore Toyota. Now, Mickey Gannon, let's have a look at this seventh race. It is a beauty for the mares. So, gotcha. They'll go back with her from a wide gate, but with this soft track and the conditions probably suiting her best today. She's been heavily supported with Picklebet into 3.30. Maleva's at 8.50's had support. North Star last solid at 8.50. Cinderella Day's at $7. Paracel's been a touch easy at the 3.90 now, and then Queen of the Bull at $4.60. How do you analyse this contest? 
Yeah, I'm genuinely shocked for the money for Zugotcha. Um, she'll be out the back last from the 1,100-metre start, and she'll make up good ground. She could run into a place for sure. Just can't possibly have her anywhere near that $3.30 quote. Uh, I'll tell you, Paracel, interesting there's been a bit of drift here. I'm suggesting it's probably more around the JVO factor and the pros just stepping away and saying, no, we won't, we won't want to be having our, uh, our money on him. The data around his figures probably aren't ideal, but I think Paracel is the horse to beat. She's come back absolutely enormous this preparation, and uh, she's going to get the run of the race stuff sitting there in the running line, and she'll get will probably be uh, one or two lengths in front of Zugotcha and looks to have the turn of foot to uh, have Zugotcha covered. G, but look, a good race, Queen of the Ball, not really uh, sold on its uh, wet track figures, so I'm happy to be against Queen of the Ball and Zugotcha. G. So Queen of the Ball is a, a bomb-proof type of mare. She's first up, she trialled, and she defeated Nature Strip, and she's been kept safe in the market. But Michael Friedman's record of late is exceptional. And he's on fire at the moment with his strike rate. So you can imagine that she might firm up a little later as we get closer to that race there, Mickey G, from a market's perspective. And if you if you like Paracel, do you wait now? Yeah, I think you've got to wait, Paracel, just for a little while. Looks like we probably get closer to uh, four dollars plus, uh, which is beautiful because that's what we want. We can have a little spec again. I think in regards to Michael Freeman, he's got some really good hopes today. He's got Baccarat in the first. He's got time to boogie in the last, and he's got a couple of others in between. He's striking at sixteen percent. He's one yeah. of the leading um, city trainers at Randwick. He's absolutely dominating proceedings. So you could do worse and follow. Um, uh, Michael Freeman in G. He's also got the Ramwick Guineas champ communist engaged in that wing stakes today. So he has got a pretty handy team in at the moment, Michael Freeman. And um, he's going great guns at his Ramwick base. It's 9.30. This is winners. Thanks to Pickle Bet and Kilmore Toyota. Let's take the news. Then we'll come back. There's a few questions coming through on the text line. What about extremely lucky today? Here's one of them. I think he's, for mine, he's the most fascinating runner anywhere in the country. So we'll have a chat about Extremely Lucky in just a moment. I've got to get to the news, then we'll come back with Mickey Gannon. We've got Corey from the Gold Coast saying, my best today's Barclay Square in the last at Caulfield. He's a terrific chance. It's that rail at nine metres there, Corey. It's a little concerning for mine for him second up. And he did come off that hot pace first up, and I thought his run was full of merit there at Flemington. But there's a few small question marks for Barclay Square for mine. I think he'd be better over 2,000 as well. And Tony Golan says Corey's taking Skirt the Law down to Melbourne, which I reckon can win in race seven. And It's Our Time can go back to back in race six. I think It's Our Time is a better horse at Flemington, but it's, he's in fine form at the moment. And Skirt the Law is a very, very good filly, but that is a fascinating race, that Quisette. It always is. So many unknowns there. But as we and we'll hear from Tony Golan in just a moment, he's over the moon with the way that his filly has come back. One of the questions from one of our listeners says, would love to hear Gano's thoughts on extremely lucky. First up over 1,200 metres. Is that a concern? And uh, extremely lucky, as I said just before the news, will be one of the most talked about horses all day, win, lose, or draw. He's at $3.90, the former South Australian galloper now with the champion trainer Chris Waller and Mickey Gannon. 1,200 metres first up on a soft track. Is that a concern for you? Huge concern, G. Uh, Massive concern given the um, week that... Uh, was last week, which he had maybe missed one or two gallops last week, now gets to 1,200 metres. is probably proven to be the best over 1,000 metres, so 1,200 first up. Look, it's less than ideal. His class will carry him a really long way. That's the key. How far back is he going to be? Will he be sharp enough? I heard Chris interviewed this morning. He didn't seem super confident. The market's telling us um, that they're not confident, and oh, geez, it's a wait and watch today. Look, he could come out and blow them away, but Gee whiz, I'm happy to be against, mate. 
It's a funny one, isn't it? Because everybody wanted to back this horse first up last week and then was scratched on race day morning. Stablemate won in the same colours that Colino win, uh, wears today in the Star Thoroughbred colours. And sh this galloper has been heavily supported. And it's a difficult one to really figure out because when you talk to some of the best racing form analysts that I know in the game, they're telling me that this horse is an Everest horse. Like, so if he's an Everest horse, despite that preparation, geez, he should be hard to beat today, extremely lucky. But then you see the money coming from the stable, mate, and it's just confused everyone. I think everybody would just want to be jumping into extremely lucky, but uh, the Chris Waller fascination and the backing for Kalino is just put a halt to, I think, the confidence of the extremely lucky followers. I think the key here is going to be the last five minutes in betting. If, if they come out of trees to back extremely lucky, then you know. So you can just keep your powder dry. You're looking around $4 um, all over the shop here. You just see what happens as you get five minutes what out. Price will we get? What, what price will we get for extremely lucky? You'll hit $4. It'll get, probably get to $4.20 at some stage. And you can just do your thing. Just wait till the last five minutes of betting. If, if they, if, I'll tell you, if they're confident, it'll be backed into $3 favourite. So we'll know. We'll know within five minutes to go. I think Kalino has been plenty of money for. I think money tells all. Um, gee, speaks all languages. I think they're more confident Kalino this time around. I think Extreme Lucky is a better horse, but I just don't think this is his turn. What about Bunos Notches in that same race? Looking at the exchange, they're both pretty. I know it's only early doors and there's not too much money, so it's really hard to read uh, read anything into it. But um, Bunos Notches is is an interesting horse for mine. Like he, he's, he's run some big races against some of our superstars as a three-year-old, but is he a tease, Mickey Gaddon? Is this galloper a tease for Matty Smith? This needs the right setup. I don't think today is his day. 58 and a half kilos is less than ideal. Uh, I don't think he's in well at the weights at all. Yeah. He, he'll sit there, thereabouts, and this will be, this will have him prime for, you know, his second up run. He's, you know, most of his, all of his career uh, best figures have come at Flemington. So I'd suggest you head down there at some stage. This is what we're going to be careful here, G. A lot of these horses, whilst they're the best horses in the race or the, you know, the, the, the higher quality horses, they're not ready to go. So we're just going to be really careful how you yeah. play them. And this could be a day where we learn way more. Um, to make money down the track than actually making a huge but profit. Today. I reckon Buddhist Notches and a horse like Extremely Lucky need to really be ready first up because if they want to stake their claim for an Everest, they really need to get a rig a lot. Um, so I, I think that they need to be ready to fire and run a, a big race this afternoon. So it'll be interesting. And that's why I love this race day because there's so many questions that need to be answered. Let's have a look at this day's race because I think one of the, the most interesting runners as well all days is Cleveland. He's been heavily supported. He's nearly halved his quote. He nearly probably starts shorter, I would imagine. He's first up for Chris Lee's today, formerly trained by Joseph O'Brien. He was that well-backed commodity in a Sydney Cup and he just, he wasn't right and he failed that day. Um, but geez, they're backing him. Can you take him today here, Mickey Gannon? <laughs> Yeah, he failed over 32, but it was, as you said, ultra impressive first up in Australia. Yeah, you could definitely spec him at that price. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the right price to have a bet, isn't it, G? I, I thought a horse like Hosier, which I had a little shekel on earlier in the week, would be suited by the rain-affected track, and Mark Minervini is just doing a super job with his horse. Mm. He's absolutely got it flying. But he was formally trained, might have been by, uh, trained with Chris Lees, actually, from memory. But look, I think the horse is in career best form. Maps an absolute treat. He sits on speed, and if I had to pick one, uh, yeah. gun to head, Hosier would be the one, G. All right, then. 
939, so Hosey each way there with Pickle Bet. What price? You're not too confident, but you wouldn't mind Hosey there and about um, $6 there with Pickle Bet at the moment, Hosey. And he's had good good backing in race number six on the card, the Premier's Cup at Royal Randwick. Just taking another look. Yeah, 525, in fact, as we speak. He's firmed in there with Pickle Bet. 290, top two, 215, top three. Hey, we'll take a break. Host of questions coming through. We might have a look at the PB Lawrence Stakes. Um, and also, of course, the three-year-old features, well, the one in Sydney for the Phillies, the Silver Shadow, and then the Corset and the Vein Stakes as well for the three-year-olds at Caulfield. Gareth Hall, Mickey Gannon, thanks to Picklebet and Kilmore Toyota. This is Winners on this Saturday morning. Welcome back to Winners, Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are at kilmoretoyota.com.au, delivering winners on this Saturday morning, along with Picklebet in an extra place every race for Picklebet's top four betting. Three-year-old Phillies race is an interesting race. The Silver Shadow there at Ramwick today. Chris Dilly, she can do a few things wrong. Let's hear what Annabelle Neesham had to say about her filly that was brilliant in the Percy Sykes for Joe Moura that day in the autumn when she was pulling her head off. But she had a devastating turn of foot still at the end of that race. And this is what Annabelle Neesham had to say about her filly returning today. I mean, she's potentially... You know, the most talented horse there in the stable, certainly for the three-year-olds of ours. Um, but she's not straightforward, and right. you've seen that in her run. She, she very likely raced, only had the two race starts. And to, to win like she did um, in the Percy Sykes, you know, and she still was over racing early. I think, you know, that day she put, a writing, put the writing on the wall that she was, um, you know, talented. So you're betting in this race, you've got what? Mickey Gannon, as I welcome you back, $5 for Chris Dilly, Platinum Jubilee, five seventy five. Autumn Ballet at $10, Komochi at six twenty. I know Dean Watling was keen on her on Thursday. Uh, Sadozi that James Cummings believes is a VRC Oaks horse, she's into $9, or she's solid at that $9 quote. And then you go to Estriella. This is the horse that Dean Watling's keen on. Look at this for a go. She was $5 Thursday for the weekend preview. She comes out of that hot winter's two-year-old race there at her last start, and now she's into 340, Mickey G. Yeah, we had Australia on top with Summer Lovin as a uh, as a sneaky value player around the $71. So one thing I'll suggest is Australia around the $3.20 mark is rock bottom odds now. I was very keen close to that $5, but I think that – you know, I think they've probably overreacted here. I'd suggest Estrella will drift from that three thirty now. Chris Dilly looks a, a good, uh, good price now to five dollars. G. It's a really, really hard race. It's one of those races where you're just really not sure how well some of these will come back. Yeah. But what I will suggest is Estrella is the map horse. She's the one that's going to get, um, you know, sit in the running line from barrier five, get the perfect run of the race, and she has the race fitness. So on that, I think Estrella has to be on top, but the 330 seems to be an overreaction. So market now, wait if you like Australia. You missed the $5. Hopefully she eases towards the back end of uh, the day. In saying that, if the track continues to dry up, I think she was that price because it was a heavy track. Being and by I'm invincible, I think the, the market wanted to take her on a little bit, but if it continues to dry... Um, that track to dry up there today. I think she'll probably be around that four four fifty quote maybe on um, towards the back end of betting. But she is a she's a very good filly, and they've got some big wraps on her. Hey, Mickey, outside of those races we talked about there at Ramwick, what else are we playing there today? 
Yeah, I think in the get-out stakes in the last, I think times a boogie should get the job done. It's it's interesting. We were a bit, had a few queries over how he would come back off that peak performance. He had a peak performance at Randwick and then came out at Rose Hill and produced another really good run. So I suggest that he's just gone to a new level. I think times a boogie will get the job done in race 10 uh, for Michael Freeman. And then hopefully Michael can... Uh, Bookend the card, obviously kick off with back rower in the first race one, number three. I think back rower uh, marked it as the best bet of the day. We got around $5 early on. There has been some deductions. We're getting around $4, $3.60 now. Yep. I think back rower is clearly the class horse in this midway and it'll go on to bigger and better things. This trial, recent trial was enormous. Barrier 16 is no real concern from the 1200 meters with Huey Bowman. It'll roll forward and it should get the job done in the first, G. So that's back rower. Mickey Gannon keen on that galloper. There, and that's nice and early. That's the first race at uh, Randwick. Winners, Gareth Hall, Mickey Gatton with you. Saturday morning, great to be with you. What an exciting day we have in front of us. Wing Stakes Day there at Randwick and at Caulfield, it's PB Lawrence Stakes Day. And this is Winners brought to you by Picklebet. Get an extra place every race with Picklebet's top four betting and kill more Toyota. Now, it doesn't matter where you are around the country. If you want the best Toyota, just give Kilmore Toyota a call. And uh, head to the website at kilmoretoyota.com.au. Racing at Caulfield today, good four conditions, rails out nine metres. How do we make some money there? We've got an interesting runner in, not interesting, but he's, he's the, the best runner there all day at Caulfield. And Mr. Brightside, he's the best horse, Mickey. What price will he start? Yeah, this is intriguing, isn't it? I think he has to drift. He's still very solid this morning around the $2.10, 2 15 mark. I suggest Mr. Brightstart starts plus $2.50. There you go. Well, if they're not making up ground there at Caulfield, he'll start that price. But if they are, yeah, swe- got, if they are swooping, they've got to come something. Yeah, I reckon he'll. St- but who do they come for? There's a few questions coming through. My question is Tuvalu came second to Alligator Blood at Flemington. Um, can you excuse the last two starts as Fry maybe rode him wrong? Question mark there. Shin goes on. Great first up record. Is it now they'll ride him back at, today? So that's the story there from Uncle Lindsay. They're going to ride him back with cover this preparation Tuvalu. To me, I've got a lot of respect for Tuvalu, but for, he's a Group Two B plus type of horse for mine. He won a Group One handicap conditions. I think that's his level. I don't think he's a wait for age Group One horse. That means I don't think he. I think that there's got to have Mr. Brightside's got to have bad luck to defeat Tuvalu. But in saying that, Tuvalu, I think he'll be cherry ripe for a race like the Fian. That could be his race this spring, and he'll be right to go today. But uh, I think that Brightside will need bad luck for him to defeat him today. Yeah, I think that looks uh, the key to the race is you're looking for horses to beat Mr. Brightside and. Mr. Brightside can really only beat himself. I still think in saying that, if he gets up to $2.50, I'll be betting for sure 100%. without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think Uncle Bryn is probably the smoky G. You're getting around $26 here. And He's I think a pretender in this class, Uncle Bryn. This is the horse that could just jump out of the ground. Now, yeah, potential pretender, but let's say Mr. Brightside doesn't get luck, G. Who, who wins the race? Pinstripe? And that's the question you've got to answer. Can he take the next step and win a nice race, Pinstripe? It's been... He's always showed the ability, this Galloper, that he's a group one quality animal. Um, he gets a low gate. I think like, yeah. you have a look at the Western Empire. Like he's, he, he, if he performed like he did at Perth that, that season, he'd, he'd be in this race, but he's just lost complete form. So 
you, you can't back him or tip him with confidence. I, I see bright side, maybe Tuvalu, but if they're going to ride him back, back, he's going to get a long way back from that gate. Pinstripe, maybe. Attrition's the X factor. Um, but apart from that, like, it's hard to really. What do you think about what do you think about a chassis drawn low? wasn't wasn't the worst last preparation. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad play around the forty one dollar yep. mark. Any any chance there? If we, obviously, you know, we're taking Mister Brightside out here, assuming that Mister Brightside has bad luck. Yeah. Gee, it's open race. It is. Let's see. And, what... and, a, and a trainer like Andrew Forsman, G, he's striking at thirty seven percent at Caulfield. You wouldn't believe it with uh, Aegon there. So just watch out it as well. Aegon's always showed that he can compete at this level if you take out Mr. Brightside. I think it's Mr. Brightside's a group one horse and a group two, group three race there this afternoon. I think his class will shine through. Um, let's hear what J.D. Hayes has to say about his star in Mr. Brightside. He's just such a consistent horse that really does take bad luck out of the equation, how he can tactically put himself wherever and travel nicely. So I feel like... Um, it's a nice race for it to kick off, but there's certainly some improvement to come. Yeah, so there's improvement to come, but he won this race last year, and he's probably not at his best first start, but as I said, I think his class might be too good for them today in the PB Lawrence. Let's hear what James Cummings has to say, but geez, he's exciting three-year-old in cylinder that goes around uh, to Caulfield today in the Vane Stakes. Well, he's in good shape. I can report he's come out of those trials just the way we would like him to developed he's just developed naturally since his two-year-old season and i think that the vein stakes is the perfect place for him to kick off first up so he's into a dollar 65 now little bros is at five dollars fifty let's hear what jd hayes has to say about little bros really happy with him i think he's going to sprint well fresh um Obviously, you have to beat a good one in cylinder, um, but I do feel like we've improved from last preparation and um, very happy to have him back at the races for what hopefully is a big spring campaign. Charlie Hayes went on to say that's his best bet, um, have the Quinella with cylinder. They're slightly bullish that they can give cylinder something to think about. Your thoughts on the vein stakes there, Mickey Gannon? Yeah, I would be taking the Quinella. Um, right. I think cylinder is a class above. You don't see many horses come back from a... Uh, a golden slipper, um, well, didn't win, but near victory and, and go on to be bigger and better. I think Cylinder is a horse that can do this. I think it's got real Animo vibes about it, not necessarily saying it's going to go to the uh, the levels of Animo, but it looks like he's come back bigger and better. G. Blake Shin will be a positive from the wide barrier, and I think it's Cylinder's race to lose hits on speed. Little Bros, I do have question marks, 1,100 metres. I think it's probably better suited 12, 1,400 metres, this preparation. And VC is a horse I was interested to see if it comes back um, better this time. You know, I think yeah. it's got plenty of room for improvement. So if I was to actually take a, an exotic, it'd be Cylinder to win, and I might actually throw VC in the exact G. Okay, what about the Quisette? Yeah, well, it's a what difficult do you do race. Here? Talk to me. Uh, we might have a chat about this race after the 10 o'clock news. Mitchie Lewis will join us to preview the Caulfield card as well with his best bets. We'll get Mickey Gannon's staking plan for Ramwick and also you might have something for us at, at Caulfield. Um, but that Quisette, it always throws up a few surprises from time to time and luck will play a huge part. Geez, uh, I'm hearing some good things out of the Friedman camp with all and over the former Kiwi filly. Charmstones had some good backing. Skirt the Laws had some great backing today as well. So we'll chat about that straight after the 10 o'clock news.
Mickey Gaddon, we'll just have a quick chat about that Quisette. It's a tough race, plenty of chances. I think we'll learn more than anything today out of that race. But from a market perspective, geez, they've come for the Queenslander, Skirt the Law. And hopefully Skirt the Law is as sharp as her, um, her trainer was yesterday at the Emerald Hotel, our favourite pub, the famous Emerald Hotel in South Melbourne. So this is what Tony Golan had to say to me on Thursday morning with Giddy Up Stable Mail about his superstar filly, Skirt the Law. I'm thrilled to draw low for my first go around Caulfield with her and you know, first racing experience on a Melbourne leg. It was a dream to draw a low draw. I think it's a yeah. big plus for us. But I'm really happy with how she's developed physically, turning from two to three. Very happy with that. And I'd expect her to race very well. All right, then, Mickey, what about your staking plans across the, the two meetings today? Just to wrap up your part here on Winners on this Saturday morning. So... Um, let's get it on the record. Now, what are we doing from a punting perspective from the great tip boss, Mickey Gannon? I love Tony Gollan's push for Skirt the Law just before we go to the staking plan, Joe. Yeah. I, think, I think she's the best horse in the race. So uh, she just needs a bit of luck from that draw, but uh, I think she'll probably get the job done with even luck. All right, let's go to Ramwick to kick off the staking plan, G. Let's go with a $100 staking plan at Ramwick. We'll have race one, uh, number three, back rower, $30 on it. We'll go race seven. Uh, number seven, Parasail, $30 on it. And race 10, Time to Boogie, number seven, uh, $40 on it. That's how we spend $100 at Randwick G. Yep. And then we're going to go out wide because, you know, we like going out wide to find a few winners. We've got one for you at Newcastle, one for you at Narandra. Race three at Narandra, number three, Nasenko. I think this is uh, gets to a dry track, more suitable here for Mitchie B, getting around $5. So what uh, race Newcastle. was that again, sorry? Race. Narandra, race three, number three, Nasenko. Yep. And then we'll go to Newey, Newcastle, race three, number five, Gunship. This is my best bet of the day. You're getting around $3.50. This horse for Team Hawks is very impressive in town. Gets okay. to a very winnable race here. And then you'll enjoy the space of Newcastle track and should get the job done. Race three, number five, Gunship. Just repeat your staking plan for Randwick with $100. So, Don yeah, Debuggy, sure. is it race? Race one, uh, we'll go uh, back rower, $30. Race seven, parasail, $30. Yep. Race 10, time to boogie, $40. Great work, Mickey. We can catch all of your work, the full analysis there for Randwick, especially on the great tip-off. Just type in your name and away you go. Should be ripping day, G. You're only uh, 90 minutes away. Head to thegreattipoff.com and uh, get all your info there. Thanks, mate. Before we let you go, interested to know Mickey's thoughts on King Colorado in the winks. I like to catch a good young horse on the app and with seven to eight kilos relief on the older horses, I like it a lot. I think they were thinking that maybe they're going to wait for another week with King Colorado, but once he drew nice and low, they decided to have a throw at the stumps with this exciting three-year-old. Um, He's an interesting runner, and Louise Day gets an opportunity to win her first Group 1, Mickey. Intriguing galloper. Really, really hard to assess, really, really hard to line up. All I can say is if you do like in Colorado, I can't steer you out of him. Uh, but just, it's just hard. It's just hard to line up, isn't it, G? Yeah. So happy to steer clear, but good horse on the rise and gets his chance today for sure. Hey, what price do you think back row will start? And should we wait or should we go now? That's from Jess. Uh, I think they'll keep. I think they'll keep yep. coming for it, G. I reckon get on now. I reckon it'll start around $3, Jess. Yep. Hey, good on you, Mickey. Thanks yep. for that.